1: for the question today, I want you to pick, like, a series or a movie or something like that that you want to make a mockumentary out of. Obviously, most of those are, are comedic in nature, so what would you pick?
2: This one's super easy for me. Go ahead. I would really love to do a Universal Movie Monster mm-hmm. mockumentary. Like, where are they now? Well, sort of, but, yeah, I mean, that's going to be part of it. But, like, the first thing that popped to mind was, like, Frankenstein's Monster. And him being like, "The doctor says I'm alive, but I don't feel alive."
3: <laughs> so just the Robert De Niro
2: version.
3: I mean, basically, where he goes from being a crazy creature to just speaking, you know, New Jersey accent, a dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it was these fucking Frankenstein over here it needs to fucking make me a bride or
2: something. <laughs> yeah. And like the mummy is like, do you know how hard it is to find durable wraps? Yeah. <laughs> the Wolf Man is just like I was in a r- pinch one time, and I used toilet paper, and it just didn't work out so well. <laughs> wolf Man is just like I'm just
3: so angry. Not to mention all those <laughs> assholes just blowing their nose on me.
2: The mummy's like, children are just the
1: worst <laughs> snot nose
3: all the time. Oh yeah, cookie fingers, fucking little Cheerio fingers getting stuck to everything. Cheerio fingers. So just all the all the Universal Movie Monsters, so just Monster Squad, but the mockumentary. Yeah,
2: basically, and all of them just bitching about their various, like, weaknesses. Yeah. like <laughs> They're just
3: there in, like, a rec room with, like, a shitty little card table, and they're all smoking and drinking, and you're just, like, doing an interview with them, and they're like, God damn it, our fucking life sucks. Afterlife.
2: The creature from the Black Lagoon's, like, sitting there, and, like, every, every 30 seconds somebody has to pour water on him with a watering can. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, they, they're all pissed off at Dracula because not only is he, like, sort of the most normal, he's also the most rich. So it's just like, he just shows up late and she's like, sorry guys, you wouldn't believe what I ran into on the way here. And they're just like, yeah,
2: tell us what it's like
1: being able to go out in public. Let me know how that is. It's like, yeah, it must have really sucked
3: to be in traffic in your fucking car that you have.
2: Badass car, too. You know, it's like one of those, like, long black hearses with, like, a fucking... Yeah. Didn't didn't he have that in Monster Squad? Wasn't it like a long fucking black hearse with like a fucking gargoyle on the front or something? I can't recall. I don't
3: remember. The movie was utterly ridiculous. <laughs> of course Dracula had a fucking car.
0: <laughs>
3: Why wouldn't he? Because he's gotta move his stuff around, I guess. Yeah. I mean you can't be draculing around one town for too long. Draculaing around.
2: <laughs> yeah, and when he turns into a bat, I'm sure his fucking arms get tired. He's basically the <laughs> That shit always just bothered the shit out of me whenever vampires would turn into bats and then, like, fly to a long-distance, like, destination. It's like, do you know how fucking long that would take?
3: <laughs> Magic, motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like bats are just not long-distance flying creatures. <laughs> they, they just pretty much live in that one little area where they live, and that's basically it. Right. Fly out, crash into a bunch of bugs, come back. Exactly. Okay, uh, I would go with uh, the Trimmer series. Because uh, the creature itself has a very complicated life <laughs> span. So where... it's the creature that's being interviewed. Well, no, I mean it's <laughs> partly documentary on the creature and just because subtitles. It, it uh, goes from big worm. Well, let's just start with big worm because you know this being a cyclical thing. <laughs> okay, that splits open and tiny little ones with uh with legs come out. Yeah, the turkeys. And then later those sprout they sprout wings and ex. Have like a, a fiery explosion from the asshole yep. yeah. that makes them fly. Ass blasters, ass blasters. yes, yep. ass blasters. Go through that along with uh, the the trials and tribulations of uh, Michael J. Fox show, family something, family ties. That's family it. ties guy is in Where all the fucking Michael movies P. Keaton or whatever.
2: Yeah. yeah, but it's not him. It's the other guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the dad. You're talking about the guy who was like broken to the wrong damn. Basement or whatever. That guy.
3: I can't remember. But, you know, you need For to, sure like, catalog much. this guy's life. <laughs> you know he'll do it.
2: <laughs> Michael Gross. Yeah, that's the actor's name. But I'm pissed that I can't remember the fucking uh, character's name. Listen, hey, you gotta give me some up. credit
3: here that it was a deep fool to come up with Michael Gross. <laughs> given that he's in, like... Family Ties and the Trimmers series, and that's it. We're talking about the guy who's Bert. His name is Bert. Bert. Okay, yes. <laughs> he's got the explosives and the elephant gun and Reba McIntyre. <laughs> well, yeah, for the first and an movie. And an ancestor looks just like him, who also fought Trimmers at one time when they were in the <laughs> Old West. Yeah, him and the Trimmers. It's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. I
2: think he's the only one that's. I think he's the only one that's been in the the all of the movies, right? Well, he needs paycheck. A hundred percent. He's the only one. I don't know if
3: he's in the one that's in the snow. I haven't seen that one yet. I think he is. I mean, if he's not, what the fuck? Yeah. Just stop if you can't even get him anymore.
2: <laughs> but this mockumentary seri- series, like, detail back into prehistoric times, too?
3: Yeah, for the sake of argument, let's just say yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the worms have been around for a long while, so why not? Well, yeah, I think they even say they're prehistoric. They have a
3: reenactment of a a caveman ancestor fighting a worm.
1: <laughs> the caveman also looks like Bert. <laughs> yeah, of course!
3: It's him with a big shitty fake beard glued onto his head. I got it, and he, he has a woolly mammoth gun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is gold.
3: Perfect. I feel like we should be copywriting all of these. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I feel pretty certain that uh, Trimmers is pretty much copywritten already.
1: <laughs> I would want to do one based on uh, the Alien series. Aside from the fact the aliens are actually fucking terrifying. But it's just like, they're just like following a crew of like a larger ship. And like, they're like, over here we have the room where all the androids do uh, knife stabbing competitions against their hands. Mm -hmm. We don't know why they're obsessed with that, but that's what they do all the time. (laughs) Um, And then like, of course at some point during this, like someone gets killed by a chestburster. And like the camera crew is like freaking the fuck out. And the person's like, no, 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 it's fine.
2: All, happens all the time. Don't worry about it. See, I, I th- where I thought you were going was with this was it was kind of like a an alien mockumentary, like almost like a retelling from the aliens point of view where they're the good guys. That would be really <laughs> And they're good. actually like really scared. So they're like talking to the documentary series about uh how scary the humans yeah. were and, and why they were freaked out for one just being born. Dude, there's there's like
1: internet posts that's been like a long series on Tumblr about how like humans would actually be terrifying to, like, aliens. Like, in the case of, like, Star Trek or something like that. Because it's just, like, humans will bond with anything. Or also, like, have you been to Earth? Earth is a terrible place. That's a death world. The humans live there. (laughs) But, no, as far as my version of this mockumentary for aliens, just, spoiler alert, by the end of the movie, the camera crew are are aliens. Because they always take on the forms of the things that they kill. Right. So the aliens, like, they're not trying to kill the other people. It's just, like, they're just still trying to record and stuff. (laughs) Just... Dumb shit things like that.
2: Like the alien is, like, created with, like, a part of its body is like, an actual camera. Yes. (laughs) I was just thinking the little mouth is holding the boom mic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Boom in the shot. Little mouth in the shot. What you got, Philip?
3: To be honest, the one that I always wanted to see would have been, before I saw this movie that we're doing today, would have been, like, Michael Myers, because he seems to... Continuously set dress every room as he goes. <laughs> yeah, it's like he he redesigns everything. Like we've discussed before, the monster interior decorator, Blood Beach, same thing. Um, but another one that I've always wanted to see that I thought that I always thought would be hilarious is a mockumentary from the perspective of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, where they're just setting up ridiculous shit for them to find, like knocking out the power and fucking the. One dude's arm—I can't remember. The yeah, name.
2: Samuel Jackson.
3: Yeah, his his arm just pops out of nowhere. It's just like, okay, don't know how that came.
2: The dinosaurs are giggling behind the scenes.
3: Ah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, look at him.
0: She fell for the arm thing. <laughs>
2: it's like he literally
3: knows this is how we hunt, but we're still going to get him this way. <laughs>
1: because of fucking idiots. I don't feel like in the new Halloween there was there was as much monster interior decorator for Michael Myers. The one. newest,
3: the newest one with the Jamie Lee Curtis in it again. Yeah, well, yeah, there was. Dude, it never ends. He Girl, can't not you do it. He put the
2: sheet it. over her head. Oh yeah, yeah. There
3: he- were like uh, washing machines set up with like bloody sheets or something like that. Like there was some kind of situation in the basement with the with the clothes, and I'm like, w- who the fuck did this? <laughs>
2: yeah. It's it's slightly less than the other movies because this is more like he gets out of this like asylum and he just yeah. goes on a murder rage because right. he kills a lot of random people. In yeah, this, typically in it's just like people but it,
3: surrounding the main character that he's like focusing on. But in this, it's just like a rampage.
2: Berserker mode shit. <laughs> But yeah, he does still do it, though, because there's the girl that he sits in the fucking chair with the fucking sheet over her head and the eyes cut out or whatever. Yeah. He fucking loves the, the, like, old-school ghost look. Dude, he (laughs) can't resist it. (laughs) Whenever he arrived at the
3: house and he's like, fuck yes, these motherfuckers still hang their clothes up outside. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) It's like, seriously? You have a dryer. I've literally seen it in this movie. That has to be a, just basically a reference to... The first one, yeah, doesn't matter. I'm just saying that's Stop why it's in it. the movie, <laughs> because he does the same. Like, oh, there, there's okay. sheets on the line, and you you see him waving, and you see him for a second, then he's gone, and then it, it waves, and he's magically disappeared, and then you because he took off like the fucking <laughs> <laughs> you tilt the camera sideways slightly, and he's just running his <laughs> ass off. It's like, well, that's I mean, and another you know another great one would be a. Documentary crew following around Batman just because it's like every one of the times where he like throws out a smoke bomb Or just like he's talking to Commissioner Gordon and Commissioner Gordon looks away for one <laughs> fucking second and he's just gone Or a documentary crew <laughs> following the people that he uh, He uh, does justice to <laughs> nightly. it's like yeah. Batman says that he doesn't kill people, but this guy I mean, fucking look at his face. <laughs> it's like he's technically—he's
1: technically not dead, but this guy's uh, not. This guy's life is he's, over. He's
2: just brain dead. Yeah. Only parts of him are dead.
1: <laughs> one I just thought about was uh, a mockumentary uh, like following RoboCop*, and at one point, like the the crew and interviewers are talking to like the guy who like analyzes all the data from RoboCop and like things that he does. And he's sitting there, and he's just like do you have any idea how many dicks RoboCop shoots off? And like one of the higher ups is sitting there with him and it's just like the camera pans to him. And he's like doing like the throat cutting motion, like don't talk about this. It's like, no, the public needs to know dicks are not
2: safe. All right. Well, dicks are rapists.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: those deserve to be shot off. <laughs> right. The unfortunate truth is if he fired a gun directly into a crowd of, of men at dick level, He's probably gonna hit three or four rapists in the in the trade. Like it doesn't even matter if he's aiming. True that. Fortunately. Especially if movies we watch are any indication it's just wall to wall rape.
2: <laughs> well, luckily most of those are Whose fault is that cheats? Post apocalyptic. Yeah. <laughs> are they though? <laughs>
1: I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Alright
2: guys, welcome to Motion Picture Meltdown. I'm one of your hosts, Steven The Rose Rosenberg.
1: Phil Kill, Collins. Cheats the Streets McGee. Andy Hart.
2: And there's a good reason we're talking about mockumentary horror movies today, and that's because Cheats picked a couple for us.
1: I did, which I will also give Steven credit on these, because I was thinking about doing one of them, and then I realized that Steven already had it on his list, along with a better one to go with it. So today we're doing uh, 2006, uh, Behind the Mask,
2: The Rise of L.S. Vernon and 2014's What We Do in the Shadows. You stole my picks, man. I did. You stole my fucking. Brainy said you were a wiener for stealing my picks, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of things I'm a wiener for. So. No. I
1: did say I would give you credit on the air. It's not like we went into this and I'm just like, yeah, I thought of it on my own. Like, I did say you had them on your list. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah
2: I mean, these were two that like uh, I've wanted to do for a really long time. And I actually hadn't seen the What We Do in the Shadows movie until recently but Rise of Leslie Vernon I saw um, when it first came out and yeah. I've loved that movie for a really, really long time so I'm glad we're doing both of these I
3: feel like Rise of Leslie Vernon would have been a lot more effective in it's time like if I had seen it then but uh, so which one of these are we going to talk about first yeah let's just go
1: with Rise of Leslie Vernon first
3: chronicological order which by the way Stephen him stealing your picks as far as I'm concerned it's just like giving you another <laughs> you get to choose twice basically yeah that's true So, if anything, he's helping you out. So, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. That's the whole fucking title. Unreasonably long already. So, the next great psycho horror slasher is given a documentary crew exclusive access to his life as he plans his reign of terror over the sleepy town of Glen Echo. Twists and turns abound here. Nobody really, um, there's only a couple people on the cast that are, like, at all good actors, which is, you'll find to be my biggest beef with this movie, it's mostly sh- just shitty, shitty actors and actresses. I think
2: it's pretty much par for the course with slasher movies, though. It is. Like, I mean, you, you don't typically have... I mean, aside from your main actress, like your final girl, Yeah. Your, most of your cast is fucking awful. The original Halloween movie, like, aside from fucking Doc Loomis and Jamie Lee Curtis all the rest of the act fucking piss you poor all of her friends were horrible what I don't remember her one friend that gets fucking choked out in the car but it's one of the worst acting jobs i've ever seen in my fucking life where she's like
0: uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so
2: if it was in that genre
3: i would agree with you but it really isn't it's really more just a it's a comedy obviously and it's supposed to like, there's slasher ish kind of moments, but it, because you've already seen Behind the Curtain, it's not, there's nothing remotely thrilling or scary about it, or at least not to me. So, the shitty acting really brought it down like a whole peg for me, but we'll get into it. So, um, Scott Wilson is in it. Um, frickin' what's his name that's like basically a cameo? Uh, Robert England? Yeah Robert, yeah, Robert England. And then
2: Zelda Rubenstein is in it.
3: Of the named people, I think she was the worst one. She yeah. seemed like she just showed up and started reading. Something. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's definitely. also
2: like a billion years old when this came yeah, out. I think I she think... died right after this came out, too. Yeah, I
3: wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the fact that she's in it at all, I think, was like, she's like, I'm being paid, so I have showed up. Like, <laughs> And, you know, there's, she has a quality about her voice. Like She was just reading, but that was still better than half the acting in the movie. <laughs> or more than half, I'd say.
2: It, she just has a, she has a creep voice. Yeah.
3: She's she's a little bit of a
1: creature, <laughs> herself. that's that's a hell of a descriptor there, Philip.
3: I mean, am I wrong? So the movie starts off with like a uh, expose style um, in like monologue from the main like interviewer slash like news reporter because she's doing. It's weird because I mean documentaries don't at least none that I've really seen or given a fuck about don't have like. Continuous on screen time with the person who's doing the interview. Usually, the interviewer, along with the camera crew, are pretty You've much. Have you seen a Michael Moore documentary?
2: Yeah, I've seen a lot of documentaries no. that that start off this way. But like, as far as they shouldn't, because it's terrible. It's like, like you're convincing me of
3: the opposite of whatever you're trying to argue, just because this is so shitty. I respect your opinion
2: zero. The one that comes to mind is that's kind of like one of these movies is Blair Witch Project. Yeah, like there's a lot of these. These moments where the it's just the person that's making the documentary, talking to the camera, giving like a, a preface of the story, essentially.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, mockumentary is like adjacent to found footage, which... They're unfortunately, very close. Yeah, which... close. Found footage at this point is like nearly synonymous with, with being a genre
2: of horror. Which is so fucking weird because I fucking hate found yeah, footage movies, kind of, but I love mockumentary so movies. So far as I can Strange. tell,
3: the only difference between them, the only substantive difference is just that one is supposed to be funny. Well, like, that's it. I think one has the foregone conclusion. It's like, oh, well, if they found the footage, yeah. that means that everyone's dead.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, so
3: you're already, it's just like, you're just waiting for the inevitable to happen. I guess, but we've talked about that before, and I never really, like, thought about it much, but it's very possible to have a found footage movie where the person that, the people that survive just don't give a fuck about the camera and leave it behind. Like, so they'd be missing, presumed dead. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Possibly dead. Who knows? That's
2: basically what happened in the uh, As Above, Far Below movie. Like, there were survivors Mm -hmm. in that, and the the footage was found, or whatever. If you're
3: being chased by a whatever, a mummy or whatever the fuck. (laughs) Mummy! You pretty much don't go back for the camera once you drop it. It's like, alright, bye camera. But then, what's the rest uh, of the movie? There's just
2: not enough mummy movies.
3: Yeah, there just aren't. There's no good ones. None. Are you tip well, I mean, The Mummy. Which The Mummy? If you're talking about the original, you obviously did not watch that movie. <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, what's the question here? <laughs> Is there any good mummy movies? Yes or no? And. Oh. Bubba Hotep, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bubba Hotep is the only example and it's not
1: supposed <laughs> to be scary. So the interviewer Taylor, um, you know, she she's kinda going over things with like slashers and things like that, and apparently this takes place in a world where like Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. Freddie, Michael Myers all exist. They're all real, essentially. Yeah.
2: Like all all your major slashers. They're just
1: really. serial killers.
3: Yeah, in the in the mythology that this movie is putting forward. Those guys are real in their world. And
2: that they're not necessarily like magic like they would be in those movies. They just are really good at making it seem like it's magic.
3: Right. Yeah, Freddy's just a guy so scary that the rumor going around is if you even dream about him, you will die. You know, if they're good enough at their job, maybe you'll be dreaming about them right as soon as they're about to be murdered by you in real life. (laughs) I can
0: dream about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If I want to fucking die.
3: <laughs>
1: God damn it. Whenever she's talking about it, it's also funny because, like, she's first she, like, talks about Crystal Lake and then she'll, like, a lake and stuff. Then she's like, here on Elm Street has the bit about Freddy. And then she's like, even people who live here won't talk about it. And then it's just like her trying like, seeing fucking Kane Hunter walking into a house. Mm-hmm. She's like, sir, can you tell me about this? He just kind of looks at her and just,
2: like, shuts the door. Like, yeah, I'm like, wondering like, about your neighbor, Frederick. And then it just, <laughs> yeah. Because they never actually say, uh, Freddy. Do they say Freddy Krueger, or do they just say... They do say Krueger. No. Okay.
1: Yeah, they, they say it a lot of different times. Like, she she just says, like, Fred, like, Fred or Freddy, oh, okay. and then later says Frederick, and then um, I think it's Leslie's friend, uh, like, his, his mentor, who actually says, like, you know, Krueger used to do this, or something like that. Yeah. I, I know they, they do name drop all of them. I think for rights and reasons, they never
3: put both the names together on any of the killers. Yeah.
2: I was going to say, I didn't think they ever put them...
1: They definitely did for Jason
2: Voorhees. Well, he's 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 different. He's on a different uh, uh, licensing. Okay. Like same enough. with uh, same with Michael Myers. So they may have may have gotten uh, may have gotten the rights to two of those. But from what I understand, the rights to to um, Jason, no Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Are a lot harder to get than other ones because there's been some horror games that have wanted to use him as DLC before. Yeah. And they've gone, they've had to increasingly jump through hoops in order to get to the rights for him. Nah, that's so. Fair. Well, it wouldn't surprise me.
3: Regardless, I don't think them saying it requires them getting the rights for, in any case. Like, if they showed it, that's different, but I think they can say whatever the fuck they want. If I understand you correctly. Maybe. i don't not know. sure
2: about like using the Freddy Krueger on Elm Street.
3: Well, the the reason I say that is because I've I've definitely seen a lot of TV shows and movies where they mention a product, and then they show the product, but the product has a different name on the actual label of the like thing that they're holding. But they'll say... Yeah, Bepis. Bepis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly like Bepis. <laughs> no, but for real, they'll like talk it up the whole time, but then as soon as they bring out the actual thing, it's not... It's not the official one, like, the actual brand. But it doesn't matter. Um, so they're talking about all the different... It's... The, the reason that I, I say it was a lot more like a... Like, a, just an expose on the news is because it's handled very similarly to, like, an episode of 2020 or something with, like, just poor, like, just quick shots of just people running inside their house or whatever... Like the uh, this whole beginning part is just like, um, I you know it's a setup for the documentary that they're yeah more modern documentaries, just have like uh, here's a block of text here's a block of text, like at the beginning of uh, what we do in the shadows yeah. I mean I think this was more of the time documentary filmmaking. Fair enough. It's popularized by. Uh, Michael Moore Michael Moore Where you well, make yourself A main character
2: I was gonna say It was pretty funny Right here at the beginning Though where they're They're like Basically introducing Leslie Vernon And they're at his house And of course They see him move Behind the shed And then they run over there And he's not there And then they see like A figure up in the Upstairs window Yeah And, the, and then like Move And then all of a sudden He's right Directly behind them He's like Hey Yeah <laughs> It's like God damn it Like that shit happens In so many slasher movies so
3: They're basically magic
2: Yeah, yeah. So
1: we, we get introduced to, like, Leslie Vernon. A lot of his lines are just, they're gold in a way because, like, there's points, like, like there's an encounter at the, at the library later on without, we'll, we'll get to it, like, as far as in detail, but he's just like, so I'm gonna go in, it's gonna be like this, this is gonna happen, and this is gonna happen, and then I'm gonna do this. And, like, that's all of his interactions. It's just like, it's like, it is like a horror movie nerd, but he is the fucking killer. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the more entertaining things. In and the, the documentary
2: crew has basically agreed... The point of the movie is the documentary crew has basically agreed to film his entire process. Right. And he's okay with it.
3: Yeah, I mean, that. not basically. They straight up have agreed not to interfere, not to try to save anybody, not to do anything except for just observe what he's doing. Yeah, uh, they're pretty morally compromised from the very beginning, and they don't even realize it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how they could not realize it. Well, when things start happening, she's like, I don't know. she's a fucking idiot like, it's like yeah what the fuck did you think was gonna happen from Jump Street he's telling you from it's like from I premeditating from, from Elm Street yes, yes. <laughs> he's fucking telling you I'm going to kill the, this is how I'm going to kill them yeah Da, 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 da. This is my process. So, like
2: before, it starts. Like one of the great moments is like he he takes him out to their to the murder house. Essentially, yeah. gives him some backstory on his character, tells him like this is this is the catalyst. This is where it's all going to go down.
3: And there's really no reason to go over that because it turns out to all be lies. Right, right. Stuff that he made up and uh, like very carefully and, and <laughs> placed in in actual documents. <laughs> yeah, he's he forged. Newspapers and microfiche, specifically to just and just to, on the off chance that she would actually go and look at it. <laughs> and he's just like he, she probably won't because they fucking never do. But if she does, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah,
2: it's like the planning is amazing. But also he's like doing like insane cardio, like punching the punching bag and running his ass off. And then he explains and he's like, you know that whole thing where like they're just running and running and running, and I have to make it look like I'm just walking briskly behind <laughs> them. Yeah he's just like it's so hard Like I have to do so much cardio (laughs) So it's like It makes you think of course when you're watching a slasher movie And Jason Voorhees is just walking behind them It's like every time the camera's not looking He's just like (laughs) like, Fucking running his ass off Behind the scenes In this movie
3: they, they specifically tell you It's like when he's just pretending to walk That's just for I guess for whenever someone sees him the intimidation. Right, around. exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. but any other time, like as soon as they turn around and start like, like actually running again, he's just hauling ass, <laughs>
2: <laughs> like a straight up gazelle, like which you see later in the movie because he's like hopping fucking like library shelves and stuff, and they're like, man, he's like a monkey. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, he's crazy. He's basically a uh, one of those guys that jump around and do flips, parkour and climb on shit, parkour, gymnast. <laughs> he's doing parkour. <laughs> yeah, gymnast, <laughs> but. You know, yeah, in, in regular environments, not with like pummel horses and he shit. also takes
2: a documentary crew to see uh, his mentor, yeah, who is a older slasher from like the sixties rather than like the eighties. Yeah, which is also it's it's like how many slasher movies came out in, like the sixties and seventies? I mean, it was I would consider the first like slasher movie like that I can think of to probably be like maybe Psycho, yeah, by by Alfred Hitchcock. I know it's kind of a thriller, mystery type thing, but it's definitely right there in the wheelhouse, but...
1: Yeah, because his his mentor, like, whenever he's talking, he talks about, like, slashers aren't, like, how how they are in, like, in the 80s, where, like, they had everything planned out and you have to do all this stuff. He's like, they just came in, they just tried to kill as many people and just get out. And I'm like... I'm sitting here watching fact like, I'm not sure if that's supposed to be a reference to actually the number of serial killers from the sixties and seventies,
2: or also like the slasher movies. Yeah, I, I I mean I don't know. I, I looked up this this guy, this actor, to see if he was in any of those any like horror movies from yeah. then, but I think they just were using him as a like a fake character.
1: Still musing though.
2: Oh, for sure.
3: Yeah, I think it's more of a reference to the movies of the time. Because there was the slasher boom where uh there were a lot of, like, these that were, you know, either straight to video or whatever. And it was, that was a one-time killer, you know? (laughs) They always get, they always get killed at the end of the movie. (laughs) The burning. Yeah, more or
0: less.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and it was really funny, because he brings up Freddy and Jason, and like he was like, these guys changed the fucking game. (laughs) He was like, they made themselves legendary by making people think they were defeated and then coming back. Four or five times. Yeah. <laughs> he's totally is in like favor of that. Like he's totally like, man, if we would have had those tools back in the day, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And they find this guy.
1: In a fucking sensory deprivation tank. Yeah.
2: Because he can fucking. Bury. <laughs> completely bury. And he's, because they talk about how like the the part of being a slasher is being able to like completely change your fucking heart tempo to where it's just nothing. Yeah. Make it seem like <laughs> you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> And he had been in a fucking, that tank for what, three days or two days? Yeah. Well, his his wife is just like, hey, can
1: you go get him? I keep forgetting.
3: <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, forget a few more days in a row and he'll just be dead. Because <laughs> it wasn't one of those sensory deprivation tanks with water in it. So he's going to dehydrate and like yeah. When they, when they when they dig him up, they think that he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh my God, <laughs> is he dead? Oh, he's dressed in a suit and he's just like... He's all vampired out, you know. He's all coffined up, yeah. (laughs) Which is probably a reference to vampires that, like, where the lore is that they are buried every night or whatever. They bring him in the
2: house and like him and his wife are fixing the documentary crew and Leslie Dinner, and he's like, he grabs like the knife and he's like talking about his kills and getting real like worked up. Yeah, kind of worked up, and then he just fucking. He chops the carrots into straight mush, basically.
3: Yeah, he pureed them with a knife. (laughs) It's not even mush, it's just powder. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Just fucking carrot powder. You can
3: hear the sound effects go from, like, shink,
0: shink, shink. It's
3: like he just has so much practice chopping people that he just accidentally turns the fucking carrots into nothing. So silly. Which is, you know, the whole movie's pretty silly, so... It's very in keeping oh, so with, with the message, and Leslie's
2: obviously kind of—he's an up-and-comer, so he's yeah. like really, really kind of anxious about it, and like really, like looking forward to it, and like talking about rookie mistakes essentially. And this guy kind of brings him back down to, but brings him back down to earth, and he's like, "No, well, you got to make sure you do it this way and stuff like that." You know what I mean? Like he's clearly his mentor. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, the first two thirds of the movie is is all either commentary on the movies. I mean, kind of a meta-commentary, you know, for the viewer. As if, he's talking about them like they're real, but it's really for us knowing those movies. And the other half is, uh, well, I mean, the other half of this third <laughs> is him doing the actual planning for the things that he's got. Right. Leading up to the big night, the big reveal. <laughs> the uh, the cold open to the movie is just him stalking the girl that, he's, that they're stalking throughout the whole movie, but it's just... As, as though this were just simply a slasher movie. Because she walks outside and...
2: Yeah, later on we're going to see the door. how he did that. Which is one of right. my favorite parts of the movie. He oh, has when like, they show, what, show them actually do the... Yeah, he ties a fucking fishing string to the brick that she uses to uh, hold a door open when she takes the trash out of the diner every night. And then, like, he has the documentary crew actually help him do it this night. So, like, he's like, okay, I'll be standing here in the bushes... She'll hear a noise and look up and see me. You'll pull the brick out from the door. The door will slam. She'll get scared and turn around. Then look back and I'll be gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, God fucking damn it. That shit is just in everything.
1: Well, the part I was mentioning, like, with the library where he does the same thing that's also really funny is, is like, this is supposed to be, like, the, the start of, like, him. This is probably, like, halfway through. Her first interaction. Yeah. This is, like, right after the dinner with his mentor. And he's just like, all right, we're going to go to the library. And, like, his mentor is just like, you know, you can't kill one of her friends. Kill a librarian that's there to help her or something like that. And he's just like, all right, we're going to go to the library. I have this fake newspaper. I'm going to put it here. She's probably not going to look at it. But if she does, I have this roll microfiche that I've been set up over here. The librarian will take her over there. She'll just be like, oh, it's just a story or something
2: like that. And, of course, it's Zelda, Zelda Rubenstein with her creepy voice telling her the story of Leslie Vernon. And he's like, and then I'll
1: just kill
0: the this librarian. The house is clean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, he's like, I'll just kill the librarian from behind and then I'll just escape. And, like, he, he sets up everything. The film crew's in there. Like, of course, all of that happens exactly. And then fucking... Robert England busts in and is just like, Leslie, this
2: stops now. Yeah, and then, like
1: fires at him. He's
2: obviously the Dr. Loomis of the movie. Yeah. Essentially.
1: And like immediately afterwards, like Leslie's just like, I have an Ahab, yeah, which apparently is just like they're supposed to be like the representation of like all that that is that's good as far as like the battle versus good and evil, which is the whole point of serial killers
2: anyway. Poorly named, though, because oh, Captain definitely. Ahab was not but evil as Yeah, he was not a good person. No. Yeah. Like, it would make sense if they didn't use the, uh, didn't use the, like, representation of all things good. Yeah. Because it makes sense if it, if it was an Ahab, and he would obviously... It makes sense as a hunter. Yeah. But the whale
3: in that situation is basically neutral. Right. I mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... They use that in a lot of things. Anytime somebody has, like, a goal that they can't... That's their ultimate goal, and it's continuously eluding them, they call that that a white whale. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) it's like they're consumed by it. It's not necessarily a good
2: versus evil. White White whale, holy grail. We need some some fucking mastodon. We need need some
3: fucking A. So, yeah, I mean, it, it... I thought it would have been way more fitting if they said it was, I don't know, maybe one of the fucking characters from those 60 movies they've already named that is that character that's hunting down the bad guy. It's, like, it's so fucking easy to do. They could have just easily called him a Loomis type. Exactly. Yeah. Or something like that, you know. Either w- way. It would have been way more... F- well, it's probably just more along the lines of, we've already name-dropped the fuck out of these. Let's just do yeah. some... Free to do, like, <laughs> public domain style. That's fair.
1: Yeah, they could have easily just been like, hey, aren't you Dr. Loomis's cousin? Or something like that. Like, and, mm. like, he didn't even have to, do, like, share it in the name other than just, like, cousin twice removed or something stupid like that. And, like, that still would have been fit in for the, for the lines in the movie.
2: So, immediately after this happens, Taylor, like, breaks a major rule. And she goes to. She takes the crew into the diner to talk to. The, the final girl especially. yeah her name's Kelly Kelly and uh and of course the, the Ahab is sitting there yeah watching them or whatever and so there's this interaction between Kelly and Taylor and the Ahab and they walk back outside and Leslie Vernon is just fucking there already. of course he is because he's always watching he's a fucking stalker
1: <laughs> that's quite Honestly, literally his occupation
2: she should have ducked out here because he was straight up choking her <laughs> Oh, he slammed her head up against the window.
3: Yeah, by, you know, by the neck. <laughs>
0: right.
3: Yeah, he's threatening the fuck out of her. And the crazy part is, at this point, it's obvious. And they've, and they've been kind of hinting at it every once in a while. She'll be like, you mean you're victims. And then he'll be like, semantics. It's like, clearly her goal is not to document this, but to just simply stop him doing this by just badgering him and trying to convince him that it's wrong to do. But it's obvious he is no fucking, like qualms of doing any of this shit he loves it it's like you are not going to convince him so i don't know i guess just like all other slasher movies you don't give like that much of a fuck about it, even the main character because you're just like eh, right. you're too dumb to live
2: <laughs> right
3: you ran upstairs when you plainly shouldn't have done that it's like yeah i'll be safe up there i'll have tons of means of egress then it's a good just out the window but to be
2: fair leslie vernon does give them an out on multiple occasions like he's like dude, so many outs
3: because he has that's not his goal was well or was it well or was (laughs) (laughs) thing is though he knew for this movie yeah he already knew that she was like that her goal was to somehow turn him and make him not do these murders so he
2: brings the documentary crew out to the house again this is also one of my favorite parts of the movie where he's going through all the shit that you see in slasher movies happen Mm -hmm. like he's going through and telling why they happen he fucking nails all the windows shut. Because, you know, people can never get the fucking windows open. Yeah, one of
1: them's just like, no, should they just smash the window out? And he's like, you would think that. <laughs> but, no, they
3: never like, do. They never do. It's like, they only do that on the second floor. They do. Which they flat out still do. Yeah, But it makes more sense in this movie because you see the on the bottom floor, the uh, windows have like the cross remember in between yeah there? yeah so you'd think it'd be more supported difficult on the, to, on more on the e- upper floor yeah, easier to it's not yeah that's missing fair point
2: he removes all the batteries from the fucking flashlights no he
3: says he said he put dead batteries in there dead so that whenever ones. they try right. to use them they would just like flicker and not work
2: that's yeah. right that's right
1: <laughs> fucking flicker he, he has the breaker to the house set up on a remote that he carries around yeah uh, he Also, he made sure that all the trees on the second floor, that he just cut the branches a little Three-fourths bit. Three-fourths so, way. Yeah. yeah so, so that they fall. So if anyone gets on them, they just Yeah, he's, gimmicked, he's then, gimmicked those branches, he's gimmicked the weapons in the tool shed, it's like, they may
3: get one swing out of this, but I've split it straight down the handle, it's like, it's gonna break I, yeah, as soon as they not, use it, so. And he
2: clearly says only the obvious weapons. Yeah. Like, the ones that are, like, right in the front. He was like, I'll leave the ones in the back alone, you know. They, yeah. They're
3: never gonna get They're not gonna go back there. <laughs> So ridiculous. So fucking good. The thing about this movie, at least for me, is that it would have been so much more effective if they just actually used one of the, like, characters we're actually familiar with, instead of just some guy named Leslie Vernon, who's not even actually named that.
2: And you get some backstory, too, of, like, you don't get the whole story, but you get, like, some backstory that he's been lying about who he is, and that he's actually not this guy, and he's actually a killer from a whole other part of the country, that the Ahab has followed here. Well, I don't even think he was a killer. Either. He's just kind of a psychopath? Yeah, I think he
3: was somebody who was like, like, pl- he was planning this all out for the big... Yeah, and he was apparently telling his psychologist or psychiatrist or therapist or whatever this guy supposedly is about it. Yeah. And he's like, well, now that he's left the state, I'm pretty sure he's going to go do murder, <laughs> so I better track his ass down. Because he knows if he tells you know he could tell the police or whatever but it's like they're not going to chase him across multiple states plus he put a uh, restraining order on him so he's not a he's not even allowed to get anything. which is so good it's like yeah because that guy obviously gives a shit about breaking
1: the law <laughs>
2: pulls out a fucking handgun in a public library and shoots <laughs> yeah now you've come to the the ending and you get like a little preview of what everything's going to look like with him killing all the teens and stuff like that you get some gratuitous nudity yeah, of so the,
1: the movie the movie with the credits is like an hour and 32 minutes. So, really, it's more like an hour 25. And, like, the hour is, like, the mockumentary point. And, like, the point at which it hits, like, the last, like, 20, 25 minutes, it's just a straight slasher. Yeah. Uh, well, I won't say straight slasher because it's still funny.
3: Okay, so he does the first murder. And then you can tell that she, she is not into it.
2: Well, yeah, like. Which, duh. I mean, granted, this is the first time that he's actually killed someone in front of them. Right? Yeah, because the the lady just fainted, right? Uh, no, he killed her, but they didn't see. Oh, it. they didn't see it.
1: Yeah, it also didn't really show. It doesn't really actually show the audience. It's just like what happens is like he's behind her, and then the camera turns and she falls out.
2: Oh, okay. Well, either way, they didn't see it, and this is where like they actually know that it's happening right there. Yeah, and so this is her realizing that this is real, and freaks out a little bit, and then the, then he gives him the second out. And he's yeah. like, I saw your face. That's a fucking, I can't do this face. Yeah. You guys need to fucking go.
3: Specifically, he says, it's a, I can't just stand by and let this happen. Basically telling them, I know you're going to try to stop me, even though I'm telling you to leave. He doesn't even have to trap them. They're trapped by their own stupidity. Like, meanwhile, the two camera people, which by the way, haven't done a lot of acting up until this point. But from this point forward, they're in the movie, like, on camera a lot. Yeah. Are horrible actors. Yeah. Well, They bring the level of I mean, acting down a whole notch at this point. She wasn't good, but she was way better than okay, these when two When she dudes. says the documentary is over, that's when the boom camera comes in. And it's like, okay, now it's a movie. Yeah. yeah, this is just a regular movie now. And it's like, it's annoying, because it's like, you know... I, I like that. Because we were I aware of the too. camera. Yeah, I mean... It cuts out the part Or why are you still filming like that whole... Nitpick about the found footage stuff. Yeah, there's no like, good okay, way to do it because now, now we can actually start a movie. Now there, <laughs> now the camera is not actually there for yes. the sh- for for the. It's a non-character. Of, yeah, but the, the issue is that when, when you're doing this kind of like documentary fake style thing, and then you just pull away, and then there's just cameras that weren't cameras, but they're just still there. There's no way to have that not take you out of the movie. Like that's going to. Like, there's no way to be afraid now because you you literally can tell it's just another camera because we know how movies work. I guess my point is that I'm already thinking about, like, you're thinking the whole time that there's a cameraman because they keep referring to him and talking to him. So I can't stop thinking that way at this point because that's been three quarters of the movie. It's just them speaking directly to the person holding the camera and them obviously holding it and moving it around all found footage style. I don't know.
2: I guess it's just, for me, it was just like a straight yeah. cutoff. Like, as soon as she puts the cameras in the van, it changes into, like, your right. actual movie camera.
3: Yeah, I mean, the whole filming style is completely different now. Yeah,
2: it's it's actually lit, and, like,
3: there's style as opposed to just the straight-up point-a-camera at people. It, like, they specifically make it look shitty on purpose whenever it's just the documentary crew. I, I don't know. It's just probably... There's no good way to do it as far as I'm concerned. Like, I'm not going to not think about the cameraman from this point forward because I have been this entire time.
1: That's fair. He
3: was a character this whole time, and now just suddenly he isn't because the light is no, Well, he is, is a different. character, but you're, you're seeing him from an objective perspective. No, I know that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, I just can't separate it out because I've just thought of the person holding the camera as a character this whole time. But in any case... The whole rest of the movie is just actual movie of them being like, "This was his plan all along, jinkies!" And it's like, "You guys are fucking stupid." <laughs> yeah, so they go back in the house to try to warn the uh, final girl.
0: Yeah. The virgin.
3: Yeah, uh, she's not a virgin. <laughs> yeah, she's riding. She's reverse cowgirling this dick, and obviously, and then the camera dude's like, "That was not her first time." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's very apparent at this point that. He, she was never the target. And, she, you know, it takes her, like, another 15 minutes to realize it. But it's like, oh, he was going after me the whole time, and I just completely fell for it like a fucking moron. And I then mean, she, she continues to fall for it. She even grabs the gimmicked weapon. Yeah. It's like, fucking seriously? He told you he broke it. She knows that she has one swing. He did, he did say
1: it has one swing. <laughs> yeah, and she knows he's planning yeah, for a he one swing. They just has swing. to hope that they don't get lucky. Plus, I mean, the other thing is, like, at that point, like, she's in the horror movie, and, like, yeah, she grabs the weapon, that's bad on her, but immediately afterwards, she's just like, oh, I need to do something else instead, and, you know, that's what she she does. Right? Well, the thing is, like, she does, she's like, I'll, I'll do something
3: else, because this is what he told me was going to happen, and it's like, yeah, but he all along knew you were absorbing that information. He was lying to you all along, so doing the opposite <laughs> is probably exactly what he knew you were going to do. Insert pull me clip. Or yeah, you, exactly. Clip. <laughs>
1: Fooled you. You fell for the oldest trick in the book. Yeah, his goal was sort of not to kill her. So, I mean, if she does, then obviously she wasn't the, the final girl or whatever. But, uh, yeah, he you know he dwindles down the, the cast of characters, which everyone except, except the film crew is just dumb as hell. Um, well, they're stupid slasher teens. Exactly. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're supposed to be.
3: Did anybody else get to... Uh, troll hunter vibes at the moment whenever they realize she was a virgin and it's like (laughs) we've had a fucking virgin in our midst this entire time yeah he's like you didn't tell me you were christian you motherfucker it's like they can literally smell you his
2: his mentor even says it or his mentor's wife says it yeah
3: yeah never hang out with a a christian or not christian (laughs) a virgin Christian either but uh it yeah. goes without being
1: said yeah she, she, get, she gets <laughs> to kid. the final encounter in like the apple shed that has the apple press
2: yeah and like which I've never seen before no oh, there, I think
1: this is the only time I've seen that as, as a, gotta say yeah <laughs> and you know I feel <laughs>
3: like I have being honest I've seen this implement not maybe not an apple press but something that is effectively the exact same fucking thing to crush a head with but maybe not.
1: She gets in the final confrontation with him. He starts trying to choke her out. She's able to grab his scythe and like because he has a hand scythe. And she's well, able to like...
2: specifically, he talks about earlier in the movie how the the final girl will always reach toward the uh, the uh, symbolic penis. Yeah, yeah the phallic, phallic penis
3: <laughs> And his has a big curve in it.
0: <laughs> it's a scythe. Come on.
2: And you see her hand start slowly moving down, like toward yeah. the middle between his legs, and you're like, "Well, there it is." Yeah, she's being, and then she grabs the scythe, right? Of course, and she's able to to throw like his head onto like where
1: this apple press is, and she like spins it down, and like he he says something I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's it's one of those like you're always the one kind of lines, yeah. and then she just fucking. Cranks it, lights the shed on fire, and fucking leaves. I really
3: like the look of this shed on fire. It's like the flames come out at like a yeah. How the f- what is that supposed to be? Other. Yeah. Well, that they're going along the uh, angles of the roof. Right. It's cool looking though. Yeah. It's just it makes you want to watch, watch some buildings burn. <laughs> <laughs> One, I think we need to be a little bit worried about Dehart. But two, I totally agree with you. So probably maybe you'd be worried about me too. Yeah. I'm like. Man, if that's really how buildings burn, I get why people burn down buildings cuz that <laughs> looks great. I guess but, it depends on the shape of the roof though. Yeah. I this building was almost like built purpose-built for burning, which it probably was, but like for the like not in the movie reasons, like outside of like the actual production of this actual film that we're watching, was probably purpose-built to to be burned and like somehow The frame of it stays whole the whole time it's burning, and you just see these flames ripping through it. It's either special effects or... Well, that's the strongest part, you know, the uh, Yeah, (laughs) but it just seems like once it's to this point that we're seeing where it's like all you can see is just flames and then just like this tiny skeleton of a building. You'd think it would burn in like a fucking second. I once saw a uh, semi-truck on fire, and the fire was just running through the fucking truck. Like... Parts of it that you'd think would hold up were just disappearing, like, instantaneously. It was crazy looking.
2: On the way back from Indiana last time, we saw a uh, semi-truck full of pigs on fire.
3: That is so Ooh. fucked up. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like if they didn't die from the crash, which they might have, or if it, even if it didn't crash, like, if it just caught on fire for some reason, like, I guess maybe the pigs were dancing in the back and it kicked up some sparks onto some pig poop. We
2: were, like, six rows back and there were people walking out of their cars back toward us. Saying that, like, they could smell and hear them, so. Oh, I hate that. Jesus!
1: Dude. I really wish you hadn't shared
2: that. Like, it's gonna bother me.
1: <laughs> well, what if they
3: said, we can smell and hear them, and it sounds delicious. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> it sounds delicious? You know, sizzling. What about bacon smell? smelling delicious? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about all together. The full experience seems Some delicious. guy
2: walked by our car, basically stuck his head in the window, and goes... This little piggy went to the market. <laughs> yeah. Brady was like so Dude, fucking pissed. Fuck that guy.
3: No, but but what this would have little been? Little piggy went to hell. <laughs> he did go to hell. What would have been amazing if if he just poked his head in was just like, the pigs are screaming. Can you hear them? <laughs>
2: yeah. Just to wrap things up with Leslie Vernon, credits roll, and of course there's the mortician, and uh, he's hanging out in the mortuary, and they bring. Leslie Vernon's body out, and he sits up. Right. So you know he's not dead.
3: Yeah, I missed that part because I didn't wait for the 25 minutes of, of It's just credits. a talking head song. It's not that long. Yeah. Regardless. As That's I said, probably be- the most expensive part of the movie where they had to pay the rights for, <laughs> for <a> Psycho Killer. <laughs> yeah, probably so. And to buy that Apple Press or whatever the fuck it was.
2: Speaking of Apple Press, I, I thought it was scenic location shots were really good. Mm-hmm. Like with a lot of the fog and stuff. And I was like, man, this had to be filmed in like a... A really rainy city with a lot of, like, a lot of fog and, like, and probably, like, out in the country. And it was filmed in Oregon. There you go. So it makes sense why, like, why it had that, like, kind of overcast fog all over the place. Which makes for a great scary movie.
3: Yeah, the environment... Everything about the last 30 minutes was just a slasher film by the numbers. Like, nothing except for just the little comedy beats where the... Virgin, who is obviously not a virgin, panics, smashes out the window like he said she would do, and just jumps out onto an obviously cut branch. that's so teeny. <laughs> she's like, "This branch will save me." Falls and dies. She's fucking dead.
2: As recent as last year, apparently the actor and the uh, director and writers and stuff have gotten together to create a sequel.
3: I don't know if I they've been necessarily that support time, that decision. So
2: but all right, so moving on to the next movie, to uh, what we do in
1: the shadows. Which is another mockumentary style film. This is done by Taika Watiti, which is. Uh, he's done like quite a bit of stuff actually with Flight of the Concords, which fitting the other directors, Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. Jermaine. Jermaine, my bad. <laughs> Not Jermaine. I know. I usually get that right, but like, Jermaine is more common in my brain than Jermaine. Yeah. Both South
2: African dudes, I believe, right? Uh, they're or New Zealand. New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. This is
3: to so, say, what? He's from New Zealand, you Turkey I mean, the accent,
1: like it's similar. It, it, yeah. So, so this is a documentary that follows uh, four vampires who all live in a flat in in Wellington, mm-hmm. and um, just kind of like their daily life and what it's like to be a vampire, leading up to a uh, like a horror. Uh, what was it? Masquerade ball. A monster mash, if you will. Yeah, basically <laughs> a monster mash. Who's a monster? Mash. Just kind of the dysfunctional dynamic of roommates with them all being vampires, right?
2: And that's like that's the whole thing. Is like it's all the problems of roommates and all the problems of vampires.
1: Yeah, the movie is so so absurd, and the show is too, and they're both hilarious. But like one of the characters, it, it starts out with uh, Taika Waititi's character, and he's yeah, named Vlago. Know. And, uh, or, Viago? Viago, there we go. Viago. It's Viago and
2: Vladislav.
1: Like, the movie starts out with, like, that black screen, and then it goes to, like, a clock going off, like, and he just, like, reaches out of his coffin, turns it off, and he's just like, he's like, I like getting up early, 6 p.m., right when the sun's going down. And, like, he walks over to a window, and he's just like, this is always the scariest part. He's just like, (laughs) alright, no sun. And then he's like, alright, so we're going to have a flat meeting here in a few minutes. And, like, we get introduced to, like, the, the other characters, which. There's Deacon, who just hangs out upside down in the fucking hall closet. (laughs) And then... Uh, there's Peter. Uh, there's Peter, who's like a Nosferatu-style vampire. Right. And he says nothing, but he's just in like a stone coffin in their basement, and it starts out with like him taking a chicken to him. And he's just like, here, I got Peter! you a chicken.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Vlasov, uh played by Jermaine, not mm-hmm. Jermaine, which when he like knocks and opens his door, it's like a recreation of the fucking sex scene from Bram Stoker's Ra- Dracula, right. where they're just fucking on the ceiling. <laughs> and he's just it, like... Like he shuts the door real quick and then the last flaws opens it and she's just like, Hey, we have a flat meeting in ten minutes. He's like, make it twenty and then just shuts the door on him again. <laughs> and like their very first meeting is about the fact that like no one is no one's <laughs> doing enough chores because Deacon apparently has been having to to wash the dishes for the last five years. Yeah. And he hasn't done so. Oh he hasn't washed the dishes. No, he yeah, hasn't washed,
2: washed the dishes in five <laughs> fucking years. Yeah,
1: just... That's why there's nine hundred little chalices for blood. All blood
2: there's blood all over all of the fucking dishes. Well yeah, what
3: else would they have dishes for? <laughs> It's all just
1: blood chalices.
3: Well, they could have pasquetti dishes.
1: Pasquetti <laughs> it, it was so funny. <laughs> pasquetti. <laughs> it's easy to point out the format to the to this movie because it, it's basically just it's just a mockumentary. It's like it's The like,
2: Office, but with vampire roommates. It's
1: like an hour twenty five with credits, and this is like an hour and like twenty minutes altogether. together. Right,
2: and that's uh, I was telling Philip this. Uh, you know, we're not going to go into the show too much, but like there's a there's an FX show. Made for this. And it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like they take basically all the jokes. It's it's three different vampires. And of course these make, you know, a cameo. Yeah. In that show. But it's three different vampires or four different vampires. And they take a lot of the jokes from this movie and just expand on them. Yes. Uh like way way better. And you just get more depth from a TV show than you do an hour and 15 minute movie. Right. You know. Uh, if you like this movie, then you should definitely fucking watch the show because it's or vice versa.
1: If you yeah, yeah, watch yeah. the show,
2: it's just but for me the show just hits better on all fronts yeah. just because there's so much more depth.
3: Yeah, so uh basically these these roommates all fit like different archetypes of vampire. Peter's the a monster. <laughs> Literally um, could never go out. Vladislav is kind of your your Dracula type, where he's come from a war background. <laughs> yeah. A he was the poker. Anyway. Yeah, the poker. <laughs> yeah, he's was
1: Vlad the Poker instead of Vlad the Impaler. I poked them. I love his
2: fucking quote where he's like, I was bitten at 16, which is why I always look 16. <laughs> he's like, clearly a 50-year-old man. Well, yeah, it's like,
3: 16 was very much harder. <laughs> And, uh, okay, and, uh, Viago is, like, the aristocrat type, where everything's very proper. Interview, it's a vampire. Yes. Archetype. And, uh, the fourth roommate, <laughs> he's, uh, he's trash.
2: <laughs> he's your wild card. He's your Bill Paxton from Near Dark.
3: He was just a peasant who became a vampire. Because, yep. uh, uh what's, what's his name? Uh, Peter bit beat him, beat him and, uh, gave him some blood. He's a loose cannon. The... He says he in the, was a Nazi vampire. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, after the after the war and the Nazis lost, it's like not very good to be a vampire or to be a Nazi <laughs> or to be a Nazi vampire, especially. <laughs> so I took off from there. <laughs> but uh, his yeah, passport. So it makes sense for a vampire to want to be a Nazi. Yeah, it's like, hey, we got all these people we can kill, and yeah. no one cares. Yeah it's like the ideal situation for them right plus (laughs) you know Hitler's into it because he's like whatever supernatural machine guns war machines doesn't matter I'm into all I
1: thought that was like a really fun like amusing reference because like there's like a lot of like comics and like games and stuff where it's like World War Two supernatural Nazis have like werewolves and vampires and monsters and shit on there. Well, like, but Hitler had an interest in like, it, it, he did. It, it, it was, based, it was dark, based in that. Yeah, and, like, yeah. that's also a thing with like Hellboy in particular. Right. But it's like, you don't see that like that often like movies and stuff. And it's just like, just a random throw in reference from this. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm down with this. Right. But there's a lot of amusing scenarios with them. Like, they talk about the fact that like, they want to go out in the town, but because they're vampires, it's really hard for them because they they can't see themselves in a mirror. So there's, like, an entire, like, dress montage of, like, them throwing on random clothes and then the, the other ones just being, like, yeah, that's good or that's bad. And then, like, them drawing, like, really terrible pictures of each other because none of them can fucking draw. See, I thought
3: you were going to mention where they when they go up to, like, a bouncer. Oh, I was getting ready to. And, uh, you know, he's clearing them, but it's like, are you going to invite us in? We need you to
0: <laughs> invite us <laughs> in. Like... Just say that you're invited in.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's the issue. These vampires have to adhere to the have-to-be-invited-in, like, uh, rules of some vampire lore. Not all, obviously. But, um... You know, it's difficult enough for anybody to get into a random, like, actually popular club. So it turns out the only club they can get into are the ones that are ran by vampires specifically. And And there's, like, four fucking people in there. And one thing... It's, like, obviously even the other vampires
2: don't come One thing we haven't talked about is all the fucking just constant hissing that goes on between them and the vampires when they're fucking mad at each other. Yeah. (laughs) Dude,
3: it's so good because every time they get pissed... They hiss at each other and they all start flying, <laughs> and it's like so obviously on just like yeah. on wires, but it's yeah. so they they do a good enough job that it's like not it's not not convincing, but you obviously right know of this course it's convenient yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah one of the one of the bars they're at Deacon has a familiar which vampire familiar it's like their whole thing is just like they're just like normal humans and but they like assist vampires with the promise of eventually being turned into a vampire. Right, they're a human
2: version of the ghoul yeah. yeah.
1: And so, like, he's just having a conversation with her, just, like, making a list of victims. And he's just like, could you get many women virgins? And maybe some men, too. <laughs> and then, like, she's just like, but, you know, yeah, yeah, no problem. Like, she's just taking a list, explains things. She's like, so, you know, what what about our arrangement? He's like, what arrangement? He's like, you know, the arrangement where you turn me into a vampire. And he just looks at her. And like, he's in hypnotism. He's just like, go get victims. And then she's like, all right, I'll see you later. And <laughs> just leaves.
0: <laughs>
2: Um, Just constantly abuse of power
1: Yeah,
3: basically just having to do his shopping for him Which is what the equivalent Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, just specifically in this scene It's like, this is just a shopping list And what she ends up getting is just Two people she used to know who were virgins when she knew them One of whom she knew when she was 12 It's like, (laughs) yeah, of course he was a fucking virgin then (laughs) And this is when you get that reference to the uh, biscotti and the what I, I fucking cracked me up when they specifically like admitted to ripping this off of Lost Boys. Oh, he says, but I improved it because afterwards he tells them that his dick is a snake. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I'm getting the fuck out of here. These
1: guys told me my dick was a snake. <laughs> He's like trying to escape, and like they're just like torturing him. Basic, they're just like terrorizing him. And I think my favorite thing in the entire movie is I mentioned with Vladislav is that he used to be like very impressive and very powerful and then he suffered like a uh, crush and defeat at the hands of you eventually find out what's his ex who he just called the beast yeah. and, like he used to be like hypnotize like entire armies of people and like he just can't do it very well anymore or like he also used to be able to shape shift into any animal but now when he does it it always has his face And so there's a point where when they're like chasing him and the guy walks into a room and you hear a cat hissing. The camera slowly pans over. It's just a black cat with just fucking Jermaine's face. Jermaine. I keep doing it. Fuck you, Steven. Fucking Jermaine's face just on the cat just hissing. Okay. I haven't seen it, but from what I understand, is that what the
3: cat's trailer looks like?
1: Yes, it does. It is basically that. So
3: it's a very specific type of pervert. (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean to be fair in
1: the case of like the cats trailer they are like person-sized but like the faces are just that uncanny wait what is this
2: is this a cats movie coming out yes oh terrible have
1: you not seen it
3: i haven't yeah cats the cats the broadway the movie it's like why would you do it that way they only do it that way in the on the in the broadway show because that's the only way to do
1: it yeah it's it's also way weirder because like the actual like written story for cats is like the cats get taken off in a UFO that, like, represents the afterlife or whatever. And, like, apparently, the yes, the, that is the thing with the written thing. I don't understand. Uh, and the actual, like, trailer for the new movie coming out, like, leans real hard into that. So it's, like, it's even weirder. I don't like it. Yeah. Don't like it at all.
3: Okay, so it's gonna start on Earth, and then they're going to space, and that will be...
1: The well, place. that happens at the end. And, like, going to space is supposed to be, like, representing, like... If it's in the
3: trailer... Yeah, if it's in the trailer, Maybe it's, not, they're, it's they're, not the end, hopefully. They're expanding the cat's universe. Literally, in this case. <laughs> <laughs> they're just going into the actual universe. Okay, so uh, they this guy who they're terrorizing, Cheat said his favorite part of the movie was that. My favorite part was five seconds later, whenever, I can't remember which one it is, but one of them starts climbing out of his book bag that he's been carrying around. And it's just like, how the fuck did he get like his arm just pops out of him is like "Yeah."
1: There's actually another really funny part with with that where uh Viago mentions like if he drains... like he mentions people like draining when he's just like, Yeah, don't get blood everywhere. He tries to chew down on, on one of his fucking victims earlier and he accidentally hits an artery and it's just gushing blood and he's just like, hold i just like just being just sprayed with blood. And the girl that came with this guy, Nick like he opens a random order to escape and, and like that exact same scenario is happening. So I guess every time Viago like drains people it's just blood spray fucking everywhere. <laughs> but like they, they finally chase Nick all the way outside and then like a fucking trapdoor spider Peter just comes out of nowhere <laughs> and just snatches him up. Uh, and of course I, I, I feel like this is a thing with the Nosferatu vampires is like they always turn their victims in, into vampires. Yeah, basically. So like... I mean, afterwards, like, Nick is a vampire, and they're all just like, so Nick's a vampire now, we don't like him very much. And there's a scene of, like, him, like, trying to float in through a window, he's having a hard, like, a lot of time, and they're, like, a hard time with it. And they're just like, just use the front door. <laughs>
2: and he's like, no, I'm a vampire, why would I do that? I can yeah. fly. It's almost, it's kind of a sh- uh, a reference to Lost Boys also, where, yeah. like, he's, like, floating Outside the window. They share some,
1: like, random vampires, like, on their night out on the town. Mm-hmm. I think my two favorite ones are the, are the, like, the girls who are, like, 16, because they're just, like, oh, you guys looking for some pedophiles to kill? And they're just, like, yeah. And then, like, a few minutes later, it's just, like, they just fucking kill this guy. Like, immediately.
2: <laughs> you got the, the werewolves, also. Yes. Werewolves, not swearwolves. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they're, they're trying to, uh... Control their problem. <laughs> they try to stay calm. They try to. They try to chain
1: themselves up. Remember the breathing. Remember the breathing.
3: <laughs> Wait, your track pants? Those rank, those pants will be <laughs> they be ruined. <laughs> track pants expand. You'll you'll grow into them. And I'm a jacket. You just you've only just gotten that, Nathan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Obviously, just gonna rip apart.
3: Yeah, the vampires are or the werewolves are one of my favorite parts because. They're they're all just so polite and like trying to be nice, and the and the vampires are just heckling them so fucking. It's like,
1: oh, does anybody see some fleas? Deacon can smell them, like, because the, they encounter the werewolves like three times in the movie. And the first time he was just like sniffing, he's like, "You guys smell that? Some werewolves!" And like he just goes there and just starts being an asshole to them yeah. for just no reason.
3: Well, they all can. They they make fun of their smell later on when they're starting to get to get along. Yeah, but it's
1: it's like Deacon in particular is just like immediately.
3: Yeah, he spots him first. The whole rest of the movie is just well, uh, this this plot with Nick playing out like he's become a vampire, but now he's like because he's so new to the whole situation, he's just being like he's telling people I'm a vampire. A vampire. <laughs> yeah, and like showing he's showing people up. his abilities and everything. Like
2: he's fucking he's terrible. telling those vampire secrets, man. Yeah, like he's just he's
1: just walking around like telling people just like yeah, I'm a vampire. But I mean, like his friend Stu is also hilarious because like. His friend, Stu, he brings in, like, he doesn't really, like, say, like, hardly anything. He's just, like, a dude. But real they love him. Dude. They fucking love him yeah, so much. Right. Yeah, they're just like, Stu is great. He's amazing. Like, he... Dude,
3: he introduced them to color TV. <laughs> he brought them over a shitty old laptop. You can tell it's shitty and old because of how long the... How, how far the trails of the uh, mouse go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The cursor? Well, just the general <laughs> shittiness of how old this laptop is. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, they're he, so impressed with the internet. They don't have. They don't know anything about being online. They were surprised. Whatever, uh, he, I, I guess I got him burner phones. <laughs> yeah, he was well, like, like, there's like, a crucifix behind you. It's like, ah! It's those Nokia phones that are kind of shaped like coffins. Yeah. The computer's
2: where they do their dark bidding on uh.
3: eBay. I'm doing my dark bidding
1: on the internet. Leave
2: me to my dark bedding. What are you building on? Bedding on a stool. <laughs> So fucking good.
1: Because, like, there, there's, like, different parts. It's, like, the first part's kind of, like, introducing, <laughs> like, the characters and the skits surrounding him. Like, there's, like, the middle part where, like, there's a whole thing with, like, Nick is, like, just, he just keeps telling people he's a vampire to the point where he tells an actual vampire hunter. And because of this, uh, Peter actually dies because the guy, he, the guy breaks in, like, in the middle of the night and, um, or, like, kind of close to the morning. And Peter just throws his fucking coffin lid on the guy and kills him. But then the sunlight comes in. And just burns Peter to
0: death. And like,
1: there's a point where, like, they just hear, like, wild animal screaming. And they run to the cellar and open it up. And Peter's just on fire. And they're just like, Peter, get out of the sunlight! Get out of the sunlight, Peter! And, like, they ineffectually try to, like, throw water on him. And Vladislav's just like, I was too late. I let him die. And there's just
3: fucking little, tiny little pot of water he brings. It's like, this is not gonna do shit. He's completely engulfed in flames. Also, he's still standing in the sunlight, so it doesn't matter how often you put water on him; he's just still going to burn. Well, I'm sure panic sets in whenever you're yeah on fire, <laughs> especially whenever you're 100 years old and basically just a bag of dust. Well, more than a, it's like or not hundreds of years old. More <laughs> than any, he's uh, he's near a thousand years old, is what they show, yeah. and the rest of them are like 300 or less. Basically, they they never
1: actually say this, but just between the movie and the show, I, it it amuses me like how much common sense like the vampires just don't have because they're just they're so old they lose track of time they don't pay attention to how like time advances or anything like I feel like the one vampire that actually knows how how technology works like would be super successful in this (laughs) Uh, but they're all just like well there are
2: tons of as you see like more on the show, there are tons of successful vampires.
1: It's like, it doesn't seem like there's, there's enough. Yeah. Like, absolutely. it seems like they should be adapting to this instead of just being, like, not understanding that, like, the internet exists and things <laughs> right. like that.
2: Well, because, like, to some of these vampires, like, 50 or 60 years is nothing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but just, like, the one vampire that would know how to use fucking Craigslist, you never <laughs> go hungry. That's true.
3: But also, they're... It's not that difficult for them to get victims anyway, and yeah, also I, um, that leaves a trail. Yeah, it's true. A, 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 a digital trail, F- as far as like all those technologies you guys have listed, those are basically brand new fucking technologies, especially in the sh- scheme of a vampire's life, which is hundreds of years. Oh, like, except for color TV, that's been around for at least yeah, like, nearly a like, hundred wow. years. Well, they had black and white TV.
2: Color TV was yeah. like sixties or seventies. I think it
3: was like thirties, sixties probably. Uh, color yeah. TV. Really. Sixties. Well, I think that's when it became publicly, uh, Where, like you know, common. Okay. Where they Thera. started broadcasting. Yeah,
1: because the the first color movie was a lot, lot sooner than. That. It's it was, like they couldn't shoot movies. When it, Wizard of Oz came out.
3: I thought it was the late thirties. That was during the Depression, I think. Yeah. Forties, late thirties. <laughs> I was, I thought that. Anyways, uh, it doesn't matter. Point is, uh, Nick is basically banished from the house for having gotten Peter killed and uh they're like <laughs> talking about all of the various like vampire like punishments they're going to pass down and they have like a whole vampire <laughs> council meeting and then they just go out onto the yard and
1: just point at him and say shame and tell him to leave. One of the things is they're just like top of the list you brought a mortal into the house and then one was like but we love Stu. Stu's great. Yeah. Like and they're just like so. We'll... Alright so we'll oh, just yeah, cross like, that one out. Yeah we'll, <laughs> just, we'll just ignore that one. And Stu actually
3: gives him a pen to, like, cross it out. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Stu. Stu is such a dry character. Yeah. But they like him so much that it makes you like them him too. Yeah. He's just <laughs> chill. Like, he, he... Yeah, it's like, why okay, wouldn't there are vampires. You like uh...
2: Well, he's just totally fine with vampirism. Yeah. Like, he just doesn't give a shit. I
3: think he's pretty much generally fine with most things. Unless it's, like, <laughs> the one time you finally see him like, actually do something is whenever they're at the vampire monster mash and, like, his friend is about to get killed and he fucking impales the shit out of the... Why would they have that there? <laughs> I mean, it's like we always talk about. Everything in that room could be a could be a fucking wooden stake, basically. Yeah. Basically, they should just banish wood entirely from just... From from being anywhere near where they're having an official vampire related event.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the the last section of the movie is dealing dealing with the actual masquerade ball, and like uh before going, um Vladislav is just like, Yeah, I heard I might be the guest of honor this year and he's real pumped. They get the letter and it turns out that uh the person he calls the beast is, is gonna be the like the person of honor, and Vladislav just fucking loses it. He just goes in another room. You hear a whole bunch of crashes and stuff. And he also says, like, he's not gonna go to the masquerade. And, like, whenever they try to ask him, they're just like, you know, why don't you wanna go? And, like, they can't hit him, and they're just like, can you speak up? And he turns, and he's just like, he's just fucking haggard looking. And they're just like, just go drink someone. Like, <laughs> do something. But the, the actual, like, ball is just like, it's for, like, all creatures of the night, except werewolves. Right? Like, there's, like, Zombies. There's like one of the zombies is like a smart zombie. He's just like, he's like I just tell, keep telling the guys. That's the, oh, like it just doesn't, just doesn't work.
3: The werewolves aren't undead. Yes, exactly. They're cursed, which is completely different. And <laughs> I don't know.
1: Nick has turned Jackie into a vampire, so she show, shows up for a few minutes. And also, he's brought Stu in like as his plus one. And people are just like, "You're human." He's just like, "Yeah." He's like, "Are you like a demon?" like no like,
3: if, if someone asks you if you're a demon you say yes <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly like, they, they Ghostbusters rules
1: and they keep asking him like different questions before the entire room is just like oh we're gonna eat this guy <laughs> right and like the, the, he's like a bloody steak a smart <laughs> yeah. zombie talking to him he's just like can can I ask you a question and like he's just like are you um are you pre-deceased,
2: <laughs> pre-deceased.
1: yeah not alive right <laughs> Which, you know, the entire room gets ready to kill him. vlog comes in, like, he's actually going to, like, save people. And, like, he just... There's, like, vampire fights in, in this the movie and the show are funny. Because it's just... They just, like, arm... Like, they draft. just wrestle grapple yeah. while flying,
2: usually. Hey,
3: <laughs> if you've ever seen one of the Universal Monster crossover movies... That's how monsters fight. And they just grab onto yeah. each other and they struggle. Yeah. yeah. And eventually somebody, like, you know, they falls back a little bit, you know, and they have to lock up again. Yeah. And then they put him in the torture And act.
2: Frankenstein's monster is, like, permanently in that fucking pose. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Stu uh,
1: may or may not have just killed the shit out of one of the vampires. And he was like, all right, we need to go. Like, they leave. They run into the fucking werewolves again. There's a lot of
2: hissing. Well, there's so much hissing.
1: It's just assumed. If vampires are having an argument, just assume there's copious hissing. Is
3: anybody else hoping for a uh, gorilla press during this vampire grapple? Because it goes on for forever. I was like, okay, do something else. And they just just didn't. They just hissed and floated through the air, and then finally Stu was like... They run into the werewolves
1: again, and fucking Deacon antagonizes the werewolves, like, long enough that, like, they get distracted, and then, like, the the full moon comes out, and, like, the pack leader's like, alright, quick, guys, everyone take off the clothes you don't want to lose. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they don't have time to chain themselves up, so they basically, the vampires are like, Let's get the fuck out of here, because they're just about to run Hulk wild on our ass. You know,
1: they antagonize the werewolves long enough, and then, unfortunately, they all turn and immediately snatch up Stu. Yeah, they murder, well, they... They seemingly they murdered the, murdered the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. And like they're all.
3: Well, they don't murder him because he survived. Well, thing is, like they say that his guts were ripped out. Yeah, but we I think guess he he's just was him. that can, close to death. You can survive with your guts ripped out for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why they do it when they're drawing and quartering you. They're like they just want to fuck you up a little more before they tear you in a million. Yeah, days.
1: but also like werewolves always heal really quickly, so I think that's what it was. Is like him being changed into a werewolf. He just like. Healed back and then fucking runs off into the night, which we don't we don't find that out immediately because like the screen like, there's like this whole sad thing where they're all super sad and like the screen goes black and you hear like a voice message from uh, from Nick and then he just shows up with Stu and like all of the werewolves and they all like get together and talk and have a good time with like the vampires like in their house and all just like they're not so bad. We got used to the smell after about half an hour, but yeah, they're they're not they're not bad, and we just kind of get like a basically some like talking with them because basically the movie's coming too close now. We also like I, another part I think's really funny is like Jackie it goes back to Jackie and she's like so I'm a vampire now and my husband's my familiar and she's like and there's just like a little shift to the power dynamic and it's just like them talking like having a conversation and like she's like I need this this and this and she's just like I love you and he's like I love you too and she's like but I am your master. <laughs>
3: He's just like, yeah, yeah. Good. A plot line that we kind of didn't really talk about was... Um, the police? Taika Waititi's uh, character. Oh. He's like, he was shipped, like, he was trying to follow the love of his life to New Zealand, so he was shipped there by his familiar, Philip, who failed to include enough uh, postage, so he ends up taking 18 months to get to New Zealand, <laughs> and by the time he gets there, she's already married, and he's just like, eh, so I guess I just decided to just not bother. And then there's, of course, a whole scene where he Skypes in with Philip, and he's like, he's like, hey, man, you were supposed to turn me into a vampire. He's like, oh, uh, connection seems to be... And he just turns it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did fail, so... Yeah, it's like, fuck him! Yeah. 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 Seriously. You fucking... Although... And plus, he said... I'm 90 years old now. I've done nothing with my life. That's your fault. You should have known, like, after maybe a year that he wasn't coming back. Right, a couple years. You know?
2: That whole story, not storyline, but that whole plot device of familiars wanting to be the vampires is, like, rampant throughout the show, too. Like, Like, people who are, like, I've been as familiar for, for four decades and he's going to turn me into a vampire any day now. Yeah. And the guy's like 82 fucking years old or something <laughs> well, like that. He's really <laughs> never going to do it. No,
1: never. Yeah, this thing is like, as far as in the movie, like, Jackie doesn't have a whole lot of screen time, but like, the familiar in the show is like one of the major characters, so they elaborate on it a lot more. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: But yeah, and Tiger TT, he does he does find the, the woman who's like, the love of his life, and she's like... 90 in a nursing home and he like changes her anyway and he's just like you know some people might say you know there's an age difference and call me a a cradle snatcher but it's it's okay
2: yeah she's almost 100
3: what is this 93 year old woman doing with this 300 year old man (laughs) she's like legit old as
0: fuck
1: it's hard to kind of lay out like a general plotline at this because of the style of it but like it's it's super funny. There's so many jokes that are, like, great. We skip one of my favorite parts
3: where, uh, the uh, police come after, uh, Peter is killed. And, and they're uh, just constantly hypnotizing they, Well, Well, yeah, because, uh, Deacon and Nick are fighting in the kitchen where, uh, they're both kind of, like, floating. Yeah. Vladislav's <laughs> holding one back. And and it's like, uh, before you go in here, you're not going to notice anything. <laughs> it's like, no, oh, we'll definitely <laughs> yeah. notice anything. <laughs> uh, and he's like, wait a second, what's that? There aren't any fire detectors in here. <laughs> it's like, nope, I don't see a single one. And they're just like, oh yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to gather some of those up. Yeah, they even go to the murder site, like in the basement. And it's like, what's this guy doing on the floor? <laughs> it's like, oh, he's just he's just passed out. He's just like, he's well, going to feel you, like hell in the morning. You can't just leave him there, where's <laughs> his blanket? <laughs> this door has fallen on him. You can just leave that there can't be comfortable (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile the corpse of uh peter is just right behind them in a burned like just ashes (laughs) and just skeleton yeah
1: like they shine a light on it's just like you see that there and they're just like they're like they're just looking at each other and just like those are some flammables with a lamp on it right next to an electrical source and no smoke detectors in here you gotta clean this up
3: (laughs) yeah i like at the end of that where uh nick is suggesting it's like can't we just kill them? And it's like, well, let's see what other safety uh, items they have on their list first. <laughs> 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 because genuinely they're like, yeah, we like, don't want to oh, burn man. down. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely kill them. Vampires are so fucking vulnerable to everything. It's ridiculous. Like, what do they have? Super strength? Sometimes.
2: <laughs> Super speed? Well, and it's it's apparent, like, once again, in this, in this universe that, like, usually... Individual vampires have individual powers. Like, they have, like, one power they're really good in. And then, like, they're just okay in several of the others. Or sometimes they're just shitty. Unless they've been defeated by right. the beast. And some of them they are just really fucking shitty. They
3: really swerve you on the beast. Yeah, they do. Because uh, they keep showing, like, uh, one of those old sketches. Well, they I show, like, like this demon, demon with, a with a like, dick a dick, in and dick and balls <laughs> Straight in the center of his body. <laughs> I don't know what that's even supposed to be. Is there an animal like that? I would assume no. Yeah, there must be.
1: <laughs> who knows man all like those like medieval style like paintings and like stuff from like renaissance era and things like, like that general area like all those are just fucking weird yeah but uh, they, they Some,
3: uh Hieronymus boss shit yeah <laughs> but
1: they they use them the great effect in in the in uh what we do in the shadows it's really really funny
2: alright so diggity scale
3: I think you guys are gonna be pretty unpleased with my assessment
2: uh un Unpleased,
1: yes. Surprised, not even a little bit. <laughs> so I, I'll go first. Uh, I'm gonna give Leslie Vernon uh, just enough. I think it's. I think it's pretty good. It's kind of a, a product of like 2006, like era for this. But as far as what we do in the shadows, definitely supreme dignity from yeah
3: Overwhelming surplus for sure for what we do in the shadows. It's fucking hilarious. Everybody in the movie knows how to act, so that's nice. Um, it's. There's not a very cohesive plot, but it doesn't need one. It's not that long, and it's just a fuckload of hilarious, like, miniature situations. Meanwhile, there's, like, overarching themes. And there's even actually a moment, which we didn't talk about, like, near the end, where Nick is getting a talking to. So I think it might be Deacon, but... He's basically just telling him, like, what it's gonna be like to be a vampire. He's like, all your friends and family are gonna die. They're gonna forget about you. And then they kind of wrap it up with, like, the... Turns out Stu's not dead, and, uh... Tyco YTT yeah, like is able to hook up with his, you know, love of his life. Even like after all, even though she's so yeah, it's super fucking good movie. Leslie Vernon has a ton of potential that is, it's a, it's kind of dated. It's got that early 2000 stink, even though it's 2000 was it, 2006. But um, like you guys are saying, it's like that style of documentary making from that time that I just don't really care for, and also. Hardly anybody in the movie can act, which would be fine if it was a slasher, but it's it's mostly not a slasher. So, that's just my feeling about it. So, I'm going to give that one a slight rise.
1: <laughs> well, not fair enough. Sli- <laughs> no, yeah. a slight rise. Well, it's a fair amount, not <laughs> fair enough. Oh, uh, that's true. So, I'm saying fair enough to Philip's opinion. That's true. What you got, Steven?
2: Uh, I think I'm going to split the difference a little bit on what we do in the shadows with you cheats. Like, I don't give it supreme diggity. But I think it's because I watched the show first and I like the show just better. And I, I watched the show twice through before yeah. I saw the movie once. Right. And it's just to me I was like, okay, well, I've seen a lot of these jokes to a way Yeah. Way like larger extent at this point. And so I think
3: that It's like watching the entire series of The Office and then watching the British office.
2: Yes. And you're like, that's...
3: Oh, so this is just the not as good version, basically. It's really good, but it's just not as good.
2: Exactly. And it's it, it, had I watched this first, I probably would give it supreme diggity. But it's just, I can't not be biased because of this. Mm. So it still gets, gets an overwhelming surplus because I fucking love it. It's really fucking funny. Yeah. And it does offer some things that the show does not offer. It is really fucking good. So I'm giving it overwhelming. But I also really like the innovation of... Leslie Vernon. I've never seen a movie like this Mm. where it it flips from documentary to slasher movie. The acting doesn't bother me, not just because it's it's partially a slasher movie, but because we're not... These aren't supposed to be actors. Right. You know what I mean? These are... It's supposed to be, like, real life. Like, this is just a group of college kids that are doing a fucking... I mean, Mm. when you get to the cameraman later on, yeah, that's shitty acting during the... During the, the... The... the actual movie part of it. Yeah. But I didn't get any sense during the documentary part that they were acting and doing shitty acting. They were just being people. Yeah, the the, the people in their own reality are characters with a capital C. Yeah. As far as, like, with... with, with... So that, that didn't bother me, but... And I thought it was really fucking humorous. Like, I I just love the... Especially the interactions with his, like, mentor and how they're just fucking laughing yeah. over, like, mur- just straight murder. Yeah. So, uh, I'm gonna go, uh, just enough on that as well.
3: The guy that plays Leslie Vernon, like, him not being a very good actor kind of sinks it for me. Like, all the other actors being shitty, I didn't like, but him not being very good kind of ruined it. I didn't have any problem with him. Nah, I thought he sucked.
1: I thought he was just supposed to be kind of a weirdo. Yeah. Because he is, because he's a fucking killer. Well,
3: I just don't, I guess I just don't find weirdos funny. Like... Like, Steven said that the actors aren't supposed to be actors. Well, that's fine, but just because you're supposed to be a normal person in a movie doesn't mean you have, don't have to be an actor in order to portray that. Like, no one's supposed to be actors in a movie. Yeah. yeah. They just need to be convincing. Like, that's the whole uh, fucking point. Tell that point. To Anthony Cop- Hopkins. <laughs> well. <laughs> Never been a person in a movie, ever. <laughs> I would go just enough to close to overwhelming for Leslie Vernon, because I like her a lot. And uh, I'd go overwhelming to supreme for uh, what we do in the shadows.
1: And
2: that's it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone D heart said so.
1: Eh, didn't, didn't quite no, it out. doesn't quite fly. Doesn't.
2: Give me a hell yeah, D Hart. Let me. Let me make sure. Oh hell yeah! Fucking yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: like Stone Cold ET. <laughs> A little mustard on there. I mean,
2: <laughs> I think regardless, like Philip's opinion is is a little further down than ours. I think regardless, though, like these movies are pretty innovative, and they there's not many movies like them no. at their level. So, to our listeners, definitely watch both of them and make your own uh, assessment because they're they're both good enough to at least fucking watch.
3: We've done other like mockumentaries before. That were, that or that were in very much in the same genre as this, that I liked better. It if, maybe if I hadn't Troll Hunter. seen yeah Troll Hunter, if I had seen this one in two thousand six, it's just like Steven not being able to appreciate what we do in the shadows as much because he's already seen better versions of it. Basically, if I had seen this when it was made, it would have blown my fucking mind. Like the idea of it alone is enough to carry it, but it's just. It was definitely innovative in its time. It just isn't as much now, and it's harder for me to put it over as much. And I guess it has to have just more going for it for a first-time watch for a movie from two thousand six. I guess doesn't hold up.
2: It's definitely better than that other one, the Herzog Werner Herzog one we the watched. The one
3: with Loch Ness, yeah, the Loch Ness one. The Loch
2: Ness monster one.
3: I mean, yeah, that one wasn't as funny. And it was try, It was definitely trying to be funny. I guess... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd put these movies... This this one is... Leslie Vernon's definitely more innovative than it. But, um, obviously, the Loch Ness one actually has some actual real actors in it. Well,
2: really, the switch between mockumentary and, and slasher, I've just never seen. I've never seen that. Anime. No, it, it, doesn't really,
1: it doesn't really happen. Certainly not. So... Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just...
3: Because typically you're not trying to make two different genres of movie at the very same time. Like, seemingly incompatible genres, where it's, like, literally a slasher and literally a comedy from one point to another. But, uh,
0: yeah.
3: It's pretty good. We don't
2: have any, like, actual feedback, except for this fact that... Like, I guess I just have to bring it up at this point, but Ethan will not stop fucking bothering me about doing... Spider Man three and oh. the newest Fantastic Four movie. And I I just say no over and over again and Cheat says no. But I just want to bring it up as as the group on the air.
3: I mean it is technically feedback, <laughs> even though it didn't come through the internet. I, I here's what I'll do. I'll add it to the list. <laughs> no! <laughs> no. Well, no, I'm gonna I'm going to put that stuff on the list that we're keeping collectively. Because uh, there's, a little, I put a little category for things that have been suggested that we've never gotten. Okay,
2: to. so let's put it on the list and just increasingly move things in front of it so that we can tell Ethan it's on the list.
3: That yeah. is our routine. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly what, that's exactly what's
1: going to happen. We've seen it through We're basically
2: days. just like a fucking DMV. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, the new Fantastic Four, like, maybe. I haven't seen it. There might be something there to talk about. I don't no. know enough about it to say, but... Spider-Man Three, there is nothing to talk about. The only well, thing, there's a
2: lot of things to talk about. There's
1: but... a it's a bad time. <laughs> the only amusing thing in the entire movie is a dumbass emo dance. Yeah, everything else. Like, if we wanted to sit here and just be like, here's how everything about this movie went wrong, then yeah, we could have an episode. But we'd have to do an episode on only Spider-Man Three because there's just so much shit that is terrible. Yeah. It's yeah. An awful movie
3: Occasionally we get suggested movie because it's so bad And we're just like this isn't bad in an interesting way It's just they sucked at making this movie For some reason It's like there's no real reason why The two before it were th- 30 times as good it's Just like this movie just sucks now Don't know why
1: Catwoman has more to talk about than Spider-Man Well yeah Spider-Man.
3: I mean just with the budget alone Where did it go
1: Cat Catwoman is a criminal activity
3: Yeah <laughs> 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 Is definitely some shady dealings there, which is, of course, my shell company. Shady Dealings, LLC. All
2: right, guys, if you want to tell your friends about us, they can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Overcast, or United Cypher, pretty much any other platforms that you get your podcast from. If you want to hit us up with some listener feedback, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram at Motion Picture Meltdown, and you can find us on Twitter at Podcast. If you want to listen to some current... Podcasts we have running right now, check out Music Video Countdown and the Curly Mustache Podcast. You can also listen to older episodes of Talks Over Games, Fallout Forecasts, and the Anime Alphabet.
3: Yeah, so there's a link to shirt designs for the show. Uh, One's Egema Beach shirt, and the other one is Exploding Heads, Put Asses in Seats. You can imagine what those probably look like since I can't show you. Um, radioactivesuit.redbubble.com, or just go to United Cipher and follow the link to the t-shirts. Somebody's already bought one, so... Um, Again, if you actually listen to the show Which I can only imagine that you must Because otherwise, how the fuck else did you buy that shirt? Just send us a picture It'd be pretty pretty sweet We could put it on our Instagram Maybe your a tweeter
2: Alright, so, uh, hope you've enjoyed ep- our, uh, our second episode of Spooky Season
3: Again, not terribly not all that much spooky so far
2: Lastly, check out some shows from friends of ours Like Nerdonomy, the Whiskey Reel Sorry to Waste Your Time And Code Yellow, A Scare Actors Podcast uh, with that being said, I'm Stephen the Roast Rosenberg. Bill the Kill Collins. Cheats the Streets McGee. Andy Hart. We'll see you next time. No.